0: Welcome new and old friends, my name is 242, and today, 42 got us two horror stories. Each of these stories are about soldiers or warriors. Our first story is about a group of soldiers find something under a village that they weren't expecting. Our second story is about a man who refuses to give up the fight, even when everything seems to be stacked up against him please remember to like, subscribe, share, and comment. This all helps the algorithm know that others might enjoy this kind of content. Now, with all that being said, Turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. Unfinished Echoes by Emoki06 I was a regular soldier deployed to Bosnia, a country haunted by the echoes of war. The year was 1996 and tensions still lingered in the air. Our mission was to support peacekeeping efforts and assist with humanitarian aid. It was time of rebuilding, but little did I know that something sinister lurked beneath the surface. We were stationed at a remote outpost nestled in the heart of Bosnian countryside. The days were mundane, marked by monotonous patrols and tedious routines. But as the night fell, the true nature of this place began to reveal itself. One evening, during a routine patrol, my comrades and I stumbled upon an abandoned village. Its dilapidated houses stood as eerie reminders of the past. Broken windows stared out like hollow eyes, and the wind whispered through the crumbling walls. Entering one of the houses, we found old photographs scattered across the floor. The images portrayed happy families, their smiles frozen in time. But there was something unsettling about those pictures. The faces seemed distorted, their eyes filled with an unspeakable sorrow. As we continued exploring, we discovered a hidden cellar beneath one of the houses. The air grew thick with a sense of foreboding, but curiosity got the better of us. We descend into the darkness, armed with rifles, flashlights, and trepidation. The cellar was damp and oppressive, the scent of decay permeating the air. Dust-covered cobwebs clung to every corner, and the silence weighed heavy upon us. But it was the whispers that sent shivers down our spines, the faint echoes of voices long gone. We followed the whispers deep into the labyrinth tunnel that snaked beneath the village. The walls were etched with strange symbols, symbols that spoke of ancient rituals and forgotten horrors. I couldn't shake the feeling that we were trespassing into something far beyond our comprehension. Time seemed to lose its meaning as we delved further into the darkness. The whispers grew louder, more intense, as if beckoning us towards an inevitable fate. Our flashlights began to flicker, casting erratic shadows upon the walls. Suddenly, a blood-curling scream tore through the air, echoing through the tunnels. Panic gripped us, and we scrambled to find the source of the sound. But in the chaos, we became separated, each soldier disappearing into the abyss. Alone in the darkness, I stumbled forward, my heart pounding in my chest. The whispers transformed into a guttural growls and the shadows dance with malice intent. Fear clung to me like a second skin, consuming my every thought. As I wandered deeper into the abyss, I came across a chamber adored with occult symbols. In the center, a grotesque altar stood, bathed in an otherworldly glow. I felt an irresistible pull towards it, my body moving on its own accord. As I approached, the whispers intensified, forming a cacophony of tortured voices. Their words intertwined, creating a maddening symphony that threatened to shatter my sanity. The altar seemed to pulse with a sinister energy, drawing me closer and closer. I reached out to touch it, my fingers grazing its surface. Suddenly, a blinding light engulfed the chamber. And the voices crescendoed into a deafening roar. The next thing I knew, I was back in the abandoned village, surrounded by my comrades. Confusion clouded our minds as so we tried to make sense of what had happened. None of us could explain the supernatural forces that had whisked us away. But it was then that we realized that one of our own was missing. Private Jameson. We retraced our steps, searching every nook and cranny, but there was no sign of him. We refused to give up, desperate to find our lost comrade. Days turned into weeks, and weeks into months, but our efforts were in vain. Eventually, we were reassigned and forced to leave Bosnia behind. But the memory of that forsaken village and the unfinished echoes of the past would forever haunt our dreams. We never found closure, never discovered the fate of Private Jameson. Years passed, ever since our ill Ilfe encounter in Bosnia, but the memories remained etched in my mind. The unfinished echoes of that forsaken village continued to haunt me, refusing to let go. Determined to find closure, I embarked on a personal journey to unravel the mysteries that plagued my thoughts. Throughout countless hours of research and investigation, I discovered a hidden history of the village we had stumbled upon. It turned out during the Bosnian War, the village had been the site of an unspeakable atrocity. It was a place where the innocent lives were mercilessly taken their spirits forever trapped in the depths of despair. Armed with the newfound knowledge, I returned to the village now a ghostly shell frozen in time. Darkness enveloped the surroundings, the air heavy with oppressive energy. It was as if the village itself held its breath, waiting for me to uncover its secrets. Guided by instincts, I made my way back to the hidden cellar. epic center of the inexplicable events that had unfolded years ago. As I descended into its depths, the whispers began anew, their voices a chorus of anguish and torment, but this time I was determined not to succumb to fear. I ventured deeper into the labyrinth's tunnels, my heart once again pounding against my chest. The walls pulse with an ancient power the symbols etched upon them exuding an eerie glow. I followed the path with unwavering determination, prepared to face whatever lay ahead. Finally, I arrived at the chamber, the very heart of the darkness that consumed us before. The altar stood, its malevolence radiating throughout the room. It beckoned to me, a silent invitation to uncover the truth that had lured us all these years. With trembling hands, I reached out to touch the altar once more. As my fingers grazed its surface, a surge of energy coursed through me. Visions flashed before my eyes. Horrific images of the village during the war. The cries of the innocent echoing through time. But amidst the chaos, one image stood out. Private Jameson, his face etched with terror, bound to the altar, trapped in internal suffering. It was a chilling revelation, confirming our worst fears. His fate had been sealed within those unhallowed walls. As I pulled away from the altar, the whispers ceased, and the eerie silence settled upon the chamber. The truth had been uncovered, yet closure remained elusive. Private Jameson's spirit remained trapped, unable to find peace, forever tortured by the horrors he witnessed. Leaving the village once more, I carried the weight of that unfinished chapter with me. I can't shake the feeling that our ordeal had only scratched the surface of a much deeper, malevolent force that lurked within Bosnia's shadows. To this day, I dedicate myself to unraveling the mysteries of the supernatural. I search for answers, for ways to set those lost souls free. Private Jameson's spirit serves as a constant reminder that some secrets are never meant to be fully uncovered, and some stories are destined to remain unfinished. I know, pretty silly that our house has chicken legs, huh? I asked my daughter, turning the page in the storybook as she wrinkled her nose thoughtfully. Yeah, Daddy. It reminds me of the house Tommy went in last year before he ran away. The Lost King by Dr. Blackjack21 Quick warning, this story may be difficult to listen to to those who have experienced the loss of loved ones to dementia. The meeting was going poorly. Things were threatening to unwind as the council destabilized into panic and shouting. The demon horde was there. It was the end of all things. Princess Thela felt herself being swept up in a tide of despair that was threatening to overcome the last gathering of elves and men but her role was to provide an aura of quiet serenity wherever she went. And if that was all she had to offer in these dark times, she would do so now. Unfortunately, her brother, the king of the elves, didn't share her sense of duty. Amongst all the shouting, he leaned over to his two closest advisors and whispered low enough that Thela herself was likely the only one to hear them. Gather your most trusted warriors. This alliance is over. We retreat behind our walls to enjoy what time we have left while we wait for the end. His words drove a knife into Thela's heart. She watched as he, the noble king of elves, snuck out of the war council, leaving everyone else to their fates. For a moment, her serene smile faltered as her eyes threatened to overflow with unwanted tears but that was when she caught his eyes for the first time. At the other side of the room, a human general met her gaze. He was far too young for the role that had been thrust upon his shoulders, more by vacancy and necessity than experience. But his gaze held a steely resolve that helped Thera find Serandi once more. She smiled and nodded her gratitude to the man who probably had no idea what he had done for her. He grinned toothily at her, and she noticed a wicked glimmer in his eyes. Thera continued to watch as he took a deep breath and bellowed over the crowd, drawing everyone's attention as he did so. Lords, ladies, and fellow generals, all I am hearing are the words of the lost and defeated. This is the doom of our times. The end is here. Let us run and hide by in what little time we may." Thera wondered if maybe this man had nosed her brother's disgraceful acts and was about to level accusations to remove the blame of failure of this war from his own shoulders. The princess couldn't even blame him. If this was how he wanted to spend his last days, so be it. However, he seemed far from over with his theatrics as he swept into the middle of the crowd that parted before his matic energy. He theatrically spat on the ground. The room was now quiet enough to hear the soft, wet impact. Thera hid her distaste even as he spoke up louder than before. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the end. But before I die, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity the demons have given us. The room was so quiet now even Thela's heartbeats seemed deafening loud in her ears. She was wondering the same thing as every other person in the room was wondering. What opportunity could this madman mean? He didn't waste the attention, and even stood on a table dramatically, pointing into the distance towards the approaching demonic horde. In all the time we fought them, the demons have been careful and meticulous, Teasing and testing our lines with constant harassment. Never staying and fighting unless they had the advantage. They spread out and overwhelm us with numbers we couldn't hope to match. Thinning our ranks as we stretched too thin. Every warrior present knew precisely what the madman meant. Trying to pin down the demon army was like trying to pin down your shadow and every attempt saw you slowly clawed and bitten from behind. But now, the man unleashed the wild smile of his on the crowd, and Thela could feel the tiniest surge of hope from the gathering lords and ladies, and the man drove his point home. But now, for the first time, all of the demonic horde is in one place. All of their champions, lords, and heroes stand before us. They think we're broken weary and at our ends. They think to intimidate us with a show of force before butchering us like cattle. They think we have no fight left in us. The look in his eyes was mad and infectious. like could feel the hearts of everyone in the room starting to beat stronger and faster as the tempo and volume of his speech gained traction. To her, the hearts of those warriors sound like drums of war as the madman made his final point. But in their arrogance, the demons have made their first two mistakes. They backed us into a corner, and then they gave us a target to strike at. Gather your men. If we must die this day, then let us ride out and meet them like warriors. Let us take this opportunity they gave us to drive a spear into the heart of our enemy. Let us break the horde here and now, and then return home as heroes." A wild cheer rose up from the crowd, and man and elf alike ran to organize this final, desperate, insane assault, Leaving only Thera and the mad human general alone. As he approached her, the princess felt her heart beat faster. A thought occurred to her. What would this insane human do to her now that they were alone? But in truth, she didn't care. If he could bring hope to her people in these dark times, he could do whatever he wished with her. And Thera would consider it a price worth paying. He drew close, but stopped just short. His pungent smell was offensive to Thela's delicate nose, but she could still feel his wild energy rain off of him in waves. His smile was still feral, but there was something else hidden there that the princess couldn't place. One moment turned to two, then three, and finally the human spoke. I'm not sure how it is with elves, but in human society, when a dashing knight runs off to face down the evils that threaten the land, It's customary for a maiden to bestow a favor to him, to give the heroic knight a reason to return. Thera's mind was a blur. What did this human mean by a favor? Then she recalled seeing pictures of knights in books in her brother's library. In the image, ladies had given the knights pieces of cloth to wear into battle. Is that what this man was asking for? "'Some object to remember her by while he fought? "'It was such a simple thing, so she relented. "'All right, what would you... "'Then she was cut off when the man took advantage of her acceptance "'and leaned in and kissed the elven noble. "'As he did so, his emotions crashed into her "'and she felt everything that was hidden behind his words.' At his center was a boundless pit of fear and despair, such that pathetic fears that had threatened to overwhelm Thea before paled in comparison. But around that pit swirled a storm of anger, defiance, and determination, and through it all pierced the thinnest ray of hope. It was a mere sliver of a thing, so fine that Thea would have lost track of it if it weren't for the fact that the man's soul clung to it with a feverish might. The intensity of all's his motion shook Thera deeply, even as the man pulled back and looked at her with a wild smile and insane eyes that she now had the barest understanding of. His expression softened only slightly as he spoke one last time. "No, that is a kiss worth living for. Before she gathered her wits, the human was gone, and Thera found herself mourning the man whose name she never learned. Thera smiled as she watched her husband, King Raidhold, shift uncomfortably on his throne. The poor man had no idea she had been the king's sister, and after all the other lords and noble deposed her cowardly brother, they had been overjoyed to learn the mad human who had led them to victory in their darkest hours was also interested in the princess whose hand would decide the next king. All he had known at the time was that he was flushed with his victory and impossible survival and she was a beautiful maiden. The celebration was just what one naturally did after such a thing. He'd been the center of many feasts and toasts, but didn't catch on until too late that one of those had been a wedding feast, and he was the groom of honor. Not that he minded too much, if marriage was the price of the pleasure of Thera's company, and it was a small price to pay. The whole king, though... That was a different matter. He had been every bit as wild and energetic as a king as he had been a general, so much so that his new subjects often affectionately referred to him as the Mad King. He was known for being the first to dive into trouble and the last to walk away from it. He behaved nothing like any sane king they ever known, and they loved him for it. Under his rule, the Elven and Human Alliance had gone from a fragile, temporary thing to a mighty country that rivaled any other, more pure nations that bordered them. As time passed, there were signs of his aging. As much as Thera tried to drive them from her mind, his mortality weighed on her. Not that she regretted marrying her Mad King, she just didn't want their brief time together to come to an end. But try as she might, the signs were slowly starting to become harder to ignore. His arms didn't swing as freely when he walked, and his legs sometimes seemed to become heavy. In addition, his posture was becoming slightly sloped, and his arms and legs seemed quickly to get sore and stiff. The people listened to and respected their king, but recently he had grown tired of the bureaucracy. Unless he took direct hand in anything, nothing seemed to get done. That's when he came up with the clever idea he was about to present. Thera watched her mad husband with pride as he presented an insane idea that only he could come up with. Lords, ladies, nobles, and rabble. I come before you with proposal for the future of our kingdom. There was cheer from the crowd. Even the Elven lords smiled with as much affection as they were capable of, which, according to Reinhold, was not at all. But he trusted Thela that it was there even if he couldn't discern it. The King continued, As it stands, our country needs a way to more officially make decisions. As evidence of this, during our last rainy season, we took so long debating the best way to deal with the flooding waters we almost lost many of our vital crops. To that end, I propose a new council. It will consist of seven members, three humans and three elves, each respectively representing the noble, the clergy and the common men and women of their respective races, with the king or queen acting as the arbiter and only in the event of a deadlock vote possessing the seventh vote. The people were murmuring amongst themselves. This sounded promising so far, but it was missing their king's now familiar odd touch. However, it seemed Reinhold wasn't finished. Gaining the people's attention once more, he continued. However, to keep this from becoming a council of elves versus men, the elven leaders we voted for by the humans and the human leaders shall be voted upon by elves, encouraging us all to act for the betterment of each other rather than ourselves." A cheer went up from the crowd as Reinhold waved at his people, though Thera saw him tuck his right hand behind his back. It was shaking in that odd way she noticed it was doing several times lately. She almost frowned at that, but instead turned and smiled at the crowd, moving closer to her husband as she did so. Thera was tired. She had been covering for her husband more and more, but she didn't know how much longer she could keep the problem from the people. They brought in the best healers in the country and swore them to secrecy, but every inspection revealed the same thing. His body was mostly healthy, the problem lay in his mind. The symptoms Thera had thought to be simply mortal aging were apparently a prelude to a worsening disease that would slowly rob her husband of his body and mind. He no longer spoke before large gatherings, and when he did speak, it was common for his voice to turn soft and trail off into incomplete thoughts. Sometimes his feet seemed to freeze to the ground and he could not move, or worse, he would fall over. The once mighty warrior grew angry and withdrew as his body slowly betrayed him. His now constantly shaking hand was a never-ending reminder of how far he had fallen. Despite all that, once in a while Theora could see the great man she had fallen in love with shine through the darkness from time to time. When he spent time with the children, he always smiled and listened to their miranding stories and was quick with a tale or two upon request. In quiet moments when they were alone, Thea would place her head against his and listen to his raging emotions. Sadness and weariness were more profound and louder than ever, but so too burned the same fiery determination he wielded against the demons. What's more, there was now a tight band of light connecting his heart to hers that burned all the brighter with each passing day, despite the fear and doubt that now swarmed around him. Still, with the Mad King's retreat from the public light, Thera was forced more and more to step in his place. At first, she felt utterly lost in the maelstrom of politics and drama that came with the position. But then she'd think of her husband's mad smile and that wicked glint he got in his eyes when he was about to do something carolistically bold and crazy. She'd dive right in, learning to trust herself and her own strength as she went. All the while, she felt guilty knowing that she was finding her own strength. Her husband was losing his as he fought this unwinnable war against his own mind and body. Yet, despite all that, when she returned from a long day of politics and negotiations, he'd always greet her with a smile. That smile had lost some of the wildness over the years, but in its own way, that smile signified an inner strength. Thera still marveled at it. It marked another victory in an unwinnable war. She wondered how he always found the strength to fight on, even when defeat was inevitable. But then again, that was how they met. Farah walked in on the maids cleaning up after her husband's latest tantrum. She couldn't bring herself to be angry with him. It wasn't his fault after all. It was his mind's way of dealing with the fear and confusion of a world that seemed to grow stranger as it faded in the fog of his mind a little more every day. Still, it made her sad to see him in this state. What was worse, what really tore her heart into, was when he looked into her eyes and there was no spark of recognition. Most days, she was nothing more than another face in a sea of unknown and forgotten faces. She could feel his struggle as he fought desperately to hold on to his memories. But every day, a little more slipped through his fingers. Right now, he was sitting in his wheelchair, watching with shame as the maids cleaned up the remnants of his dinner he had thrown on the floor. He knew he'd done something wrong, but the once mighty warrior couldn't even remember why he had lashed out to begin with. The maids dealt with his tantrums with exceptional care and patience. Thera had handpicked each one of them. Every one of them had fathers, brothers, or, in the case of one elderly elf maid, a son who fought beside and were saved by the mad human king in their darkest hour. Now they would proudly stand by him during his own. Once the mess was mostly cleaned up, Thera dismissed the maids to spend a little time with her husband, he didn't recognize her any longer. She brought over another bowl of his favorite stew and started to feed him since his badly shaking hands rendered him unable to do so by himself any longer. Between spoonfuls, she looked up and was starting to see the hint of his old, wild smile hinting on his face. His eyes searched hers desperately, as if trying to remember something of great importance that was long forgotten. For a moment, there was hope flared as she felt his mind tugging at hers. But then the moment passed, and his eyes clouded over as he slumped over in his chair. For just an instant, it was too much for her. The queen turned away and hid her eyes from the man she loved out of fear. He see something in them that might hurt him further. At that moment, the old king spoke, his voice soft and frail. Oh, come on. A pretty young lady like yourself must have something better to do than dote on a weak old man such like me. At your age, life is all about love and adventure. Great things are weighing you out there. You shouldn't be shut up in a stuffy room like this. Thera turned to look into her husband's eyes. There was something there. A flash similar to recognition, though... He still didn't seem to know who she was. But what seemed more important, there seemed to be an essence of his old intelligence. She smiled back at him. My king, there is nothing greater I could be doing right now, and nowhere I'd rather be than here with you. The mad king smiled sadly, but fondly. You know... You remind me of someone precious I knew so very long ago. It might be hard to believe, but she was every bit as lovely as you. Her eyes could pierce through the thickest of crowds and make you feel like you were alone in a room with her. My Thera, the love of my life. Thera felt tears welling up in her eyes, but she blinked them away. It might not have been quite how she had pictured it. But this was far too rare and precious of a moment to waste. So instead, she encouraged him further. It sounds like you love her very much. Tell me more about her. Rindholt smiled before speaking. The love and warmth in the expression soothed Thera's soul. You know, the first time we met, she saved me. She saved us all, really. The whole kingdom would have fallen to the demons if not for her courage. Thera felt her heart fall. He was obviously confused again. My king, as I've heard it, it was you that saved us that day. The frail old man tooted and shook his head as he patted Thea's hand. Maybe, but I was only able to do that because she saved me first. There she was, alone in a room full of great and powerful people. All of us were in utter panic. There was no hope. The end was nigh, and we all knew it. I was ready to retreat with my armies and hide behind a wall to wait for the end to come when I looked across the room and saw her. The king smiled as he looked off into the distance the current world might be hidden from him by a mental fog, but the world of the past remained clear to his eyes at that moment. I saw a fury determination not to give in to despair in her eyes. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Then, for one moment, the fire dimmed and threatened to go out. I knew then and there that I had to do something, anything, To rekindle that fire just a little longer. So, I just started shouting whatever hair-brain thing came to my mind that might give her even a sliver of hope. Wouldn't you know it, the things I said for her worked on everyone else too. The whole thing, my speech, my legendary charge, even my safe return... I owe that to the lone maiden fighting her own fear in the corner of a large room. When the Mad King smiled down at his queen, his smile held every bit as much of a wild edge as it had ever held. You know, at first, when we were left alone in that room, just the two of us, I planned to go off and die in a suicidal charge to buy my maiden just a little more time but she held me rooted in place, and I was helpless in her gaze. Thera's loving husband smiled as she drew closer to him. I don't know who was more surprised by our first kiss, They or myself, but I do know it was that kiss that gave me the unbreakable command that I must return to my princess. I charged into the heart of the horde and faced off against the innumerable nightmares, enraptured by the one incredible life-changing kiss. Thela tightly hugged the love of her life once again. As she clung to him, all fear and doubt were silenced. In its place was a pure love that calmed her soul and soothed her fears. For one impossible long moment, she felt every ounce of love and devotion this man had ever felt pour into her soul. There was more beautiful, raw emotion at that moment than she'll feel in a thousand years. Then the moment passed, and Thyra opened her eyes to stare into the face of her beloved. He smiled. There you are. I've been looking for you. There's so much I need to tell you about. Thera hugged him tightly as she whispered to the man she had given her life to, Of course, my king. Tell me whatever you like. I want to know everything. Thera hugged her great-granddaughter as they sat under the old oak tree behind the castle. This was her favorite place to rest these days. The tree was one she had planted to mark her husband's grave so very long ago, and in its shade she could almost feel him reaching through the ages to hold her close once again. She was surrounded by family and friends and finally enjoying her retirement, having recently given up the role as monarch to her son. When she had last checked on him, the poor king had been buried in parchment and paperwork, as he struggled to undo some political faux pas that had been overinflated in the attempt to gain some leverage over the inexperienced ruler. But when he looked up and saw the old queen looking in on him, he gave her a smile that echoed his father's wild grin in such a way that Thera knew he would be all right. And a quick note from the writer. Just a thought I had, what was it like for Erowyn after the end of The Lord of the Rings, watching Aragorn as he slowly died leaving her behind? In this case, I obviously changed the specifics and added in a little extra for my own familiar experiences. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. I'm sorry officer, I don't know who this kid is. I've never seen her before. When my wife died on vacation, I saw an opportunity to relieve myself of our special needs child. She was more of my wife's kid anyway. with that, our time together is coming to an end. As always, I'd like to thank the writers who let me read their stories today. In that first story, how did he survive twice? It took one of them one other time. Why didn't take him the second time? It's just something I thought of while I was reading it. As for the second story, I know not everyone would consider that a horror story. But for anyone who's had someone they love literally lose all memories of them and not even recognize them, it, it is a horror story. It, it's scary. That story was one of the hardest I ever read. The very end, every paragraph, I would stop and actually cry. The story was extremely well written and it really tugs at my heartstrings every time I think about it. You did a really great job bringing the horror of watching someone you love and care about literally lose their body and mind right before your eyes this last story will probably live rent-free in my brain for a very long time it's not usual for a story to be so difficult for me to read so again you did amazing job now with all that being said if you are listening on a platform that allows it please me review and if you're on spotify there's questions you can answer or leave kind of comments there as well if you know anyone else who might enjoy these stories please share this podcast with them if you'd like to help in other ways i do have patreon as well as memberships for my podcast Both get early access to the audio as well as will be commercial-free forever. If you'd like to do a one-time donation, I do have PayPal and buy me a coffee as well. All the links, including the ones to my socials and website, are in the show notes for you guys. But as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. It always has and always will mean the world to me. Sleep tight and don't let 42 bite.